Welcome to today's teaching service. You're listening to the First Century Apostolic Church FCAC Temagana. We preach, teach, and live the complete and unadulterated Word of God with genuine miracles, signs, and wonders taking place at every meeting with the Holy Spirit. Our aim is to follow in the steps of the apostles and disciples of the First Century Church founded by our Lord Jesus. Prepare yourselves, therefore, for a powerful encounter with the Word and power of God brought to you by Reverend Dr. V.C.Y. Edwards, the General Overseer of FCAC. He is a seasoned man of God who is blessed with a powerful teaching and deliverance ministry. I encourage you, therefore, to join us every Tuesday at our teaching services at 7 p.m. prompt. You will be truly blessed. God bless you as you join us in the service. Our Father who art in heaven, we thank you for this day. And Lord, we thank you for this meeting. We gather here in your house as your children, knowing that, Lord, you are our Lord and our God. And without you, we can do nothing. Therefore, Lord, we invite you to be with us in this meeting. Grant us to all have teachable spirits. Let your will be done in the life of everyone who hears this teaching today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's all be seated. Beloved, uh, the subject of salvation, salvation is so important to God because it is, it is the, the underlying reason for almost everything that God does in this world. From the time of creation to the end of time, salvation is the most important thing in the eyes of God for us as human beings. Therefore, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, have been working. Jesus said, I've been working from the beginning. They have been working constantly and tirelessly today and beyond until Christ comes again so that God wishing that all men will be saved and no one should perish. God does not relent, doesn't give up, doesn't even slow down in his work to get everybody saved. We as a church, therefore, need to be reminding ourselves from time to time that underlying everything that God does for us is the subject, the fact of salvation. And when we think of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God have been working from the beginning to achieve salvation in the life of everyone. Therefore, this we want to look at the Holy Spirit's work in salvation. The Holy Spirit's work in salvation. We want to look at that this evening. So that we all shall be reminded once again that this subject is so important to God who made the entire universe so that we who are God's creation will not, take, will not take this subject for granted or carelessly or casually. The Holy Spirit's work in salvation. For this reason Christ came. For this reason God created the heavens and the earth. John chapter 3. Let's all go to John's Gospel, chapter 3, verses 3 to 7. The Gospel according to St. John, chapter 3, verses 3 to 7.
Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, Unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. There are three wonderful works performed by the Holy Spirit in enabling and preparing sinners, unbelievers, the unsaved people to become Christians. The Holy Spirit right now is engaged, preoccupied, three main areas of work endeavor in a spiritual or divine attempt to enable and to prepare first to enable them and then to prepare them talking about sinners unbelievers those who are not saved these people so that they might become Christians. And these three areas of the work of the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit's work, fall into, into his restraining work. We'll come to that. We'll go into details. His restraining work, his convicting work, and his regeneration work. So first, his restraining work. Restraining work. You see, let it be known to everyone hearing me right now that if there's some one thing that Satan will enjoy most, Satan who is the enemy of God's creation, who is our enemy, one thing that he will enjoy most, he will like to see happen to you and to me, is for a man to be destroyed a person to be destroyed before he can accept Christ as his personal savior. In other words, Satan also is working tirelessly. He's working relentlessly. All he's preoccupied with is to make sure that no one, nobody, not even one person in the entire world throughout history will ever decide to accept Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior. So you can see that Satan's work is contrary to what God is doing. Unfortunately, the majority of mankind have fallen victims. They've fallen prey to Satan's deceptions, Satan's schemes, because he doesn't come through the front door, he comes through the back door, he comes with deception, he comes with schemings, he comes with all kinds of lies, and men prefer to believe the lies, not the truth. Jesus comes in through the front door, he tells her the truth, but man doesn't want to hear the truth. We rather want to hear the deception, the lie. And therefore, the majority of mankind have not been able to access this salvation that God has prepared for us through Christ Jesus, our Lord. We have many illustrations, many examples here in this church, in many good churches where the Lord has revealed, God has revealed to everyone, especially in this church, that Satan will not rest. 
he will not rest. The enemy, your enemy will not rest until he sees you destroyed. Even when you have accepted Christ Jesus, he will still do everything to make you lose that salvation. Not to mention those who are yet to accept him. Try to keep them in bondage, deceived, lied to, so that they can never take that decision. Praise the Lord. I thank God that all in this church, as far as I know, as many as are in this church have accepted Christ Jesus and are therefore received the gift of salvation. Say amen with me. Amen. You see, before the time before a person accepts Christ, from the moment the person is born, to the time when the person accepts Christ, the Holy Ghost is still working or still works in that person, still working in unbelievers. In that, he restrains and prevents. He keeps in check. He keeps under control what the devil can do. The devil doesn't have um, you know, unbridled authority. He doesn't have unrestrained power. Otherwise, you and I will never have lived to accept Jesus. Never. The Holy Spirit keeps the devil under check. Being God, he keeps the devil restrained. He, keeps, he prevents the devil from being able to achieve what he wants to do. So as to give us time to give the unbeliever opportunities, multiples of chances, multiples of opportunities throughout the unbeliever's life. God does not give up on anybody. As long as the person is alive, God, the Holy Spirit, keeps restraining the devil, Satan, from achieving his purpose, from destroying that person before he or she can accept Christ Jesus. As long as the person is in this life, the Holy Ghost works on you, keeps you alive, keeps you protected, with a view that one day, and may that day be today, may that day be tonight, that person will just wake up, his eyes will open, his ears will pop open, and he or she will accept Christ Jesus. Isaiah 59, verse 19. Isaiah 59, verse 19. Isaiah chapter 59, verse 19. The Bible says here in Isaiah chapter 59, verse 19. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. The Bible is saying here that so that you and I will fear the name of the Lord from the west and from the east, so shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. In other words, throughout the entire world, God wishes that everyone will live, will live. God's purpose is to protect everyone so that everyone will live and not perish, not be destroyed by the devil. So that everyone in this world will have plenty of chances, plenty of opportunities to fear the name of the Lord, whether on the west, east, north, south, or center. And for that reason, Anytime the enemy comes to destroy, even the unbeliever comes in like a flood, the enemy prepares, gathers his army, comes with the purpose of destroying you, destroying before we became unbelievers, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God is there and lifts up a standard against the enemy. So they are not able to do what they intend to do to you and to me. There's a limit to what the, what the devil can do when it comes to your life, 
my life. Because God, who made you, does not want you to perish. Does not want the enemy to destroy you. So when he, even when he comes in like a flood, he comes in with the host and host of, of, of his armies. The Holy Ghost is there to protect you. I mean, the Holy Spirit protects us all. Clap your two hands for Jesus. So you see, before even a person becomes born again, God, who loves everyone, sends his spirit to restrain, control, limit, or prevent what the devil would like to do to that person. At the same time, the Holy Spirit also, also is involved in his convicting work. Apart from his restraining the devil, the enemy from killing you, he's also involved in what we call his convicting work. Convicting work. Church, the fact of the matter is that the God-given nature of man, God who made man, who made us, gave us a nature. Don't forget, he made man his own image, his own likeness. Our God-given nature is so that every time we sin, every time the unbeliever sins, the person who is not saved, the person who doesn't even fear God, when that person goes against the commandments of God, sins, transgresses the words of God or the commandments of God, somehow, deep down in that person's soul and spirit, he is made aware. There's that awareness, remotely. There's that awareness, which you call conviction. And this is by the Holy Spirit, that what you have done is wrong. What you have done is sin. What that person has done, deep down in his soul and spirit, there's that small voice, that awareness, that tells him that what you have done is wrong. What you have done is sin. And that sin attracts judgment and punishment. Sin does not go unpunished. Sin attracts. Sin brings judgment and therefore punishment. And this is the convicting work of the Holy Spirit on the unbeliever. The person who has not even accepted Jesus, the Holy Ghost is still working on that person. So if you hear my voice today and you have not accepted Jesus, God has not given up on you. God has not forsaken you. He still wants you to come to him, accept him so you can receive the right to become a child of God. The Holy Ghost therefore also convicts the unbeliever that apart from sin, there is the opposite that is called the righteousness, doing the right thing. And who sets the standard for what is right and what is wrong? It is God. So in as much as a person knows that what I've done is wrong, there's also the other side that tells you that, oh, this way, or if you are done this way, you have been righteous. This, this is the right way to do it. You have been found righteous before God. So sin, conviction for sin, goes with conviction for righteousness. Praise the Lord. And the Father, righteousness attracts a reward. Do the right thing before God. Though the person may not know God, deep down he knows that if he does the right thing, somehow, somehow, righteousness brings blessings. And for that reason, many unbelievers, though they are not accepted Jesus, they try to do good. This is the reason why many who are even not in Christ try to do good. Because they know deep inside them that doing good brings blessings. Bring blessings. Except that they don't know where the blessings will come from. They may say God. But the only way to reach God, the only way to have access to God is through Christ Jesus our Lord. So if you agree, you agree with me, say amen. amen. Clap your hand for Jesus. John's Gospel, chapter 16, verses 7 and 8. John 16, 
verses 7 and 8. John chapter 16, verses 7 and 8. This is Jesus speaking. He said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. This is the truth. He's not lying. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin. He will convict the world that unbelievers, unsaved, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. We have two examples that I want to examine. I wanted to look at in Acts of the Apostles. Let's go to Acts 24. Acts 24. This is 24, 27. Acts 24. Verses 24 to 27. Acts 24. Verses 24 27. And after some days, when Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. He sent for Paul and heard him, listened to him, concerning the faith in Christ, just as you are listening to me now, wherever you are, whoever you are. Now, as he reasoned about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid and answered, go away for now. When I have a convenient time, I will call for you. Meanwhile, he also hoped that money will be given to him by Paul, that he might release him, that he might, sorry, that he might release him. Therefore, he sent for him more often and conversed with him. But after two years, two good years, Portius Festus succeeded Felix, and Felix, wanting to do the Jews a favor, left Paul bound. Here in this story, in this incident, we see the behavior of many who are in the world, many who have not believed, many who have not accepted Jesus. You see, the word of God is living, it's alive, it's a living word, and it's got power. The word of God is living, it has power. Bible said it's sharper than any two years old. It's able to cut through anything. So here we have Felix, who was a man of authority. He called for Paul and purpose to hear from him the message of salvation in Christ Jesus. So Paul witnessed to Felix, witnessed to him. And by the end of Paul's witnessing, fear came upon Felix. In fact, most people begin to fear for their lives when they are told the true, pure, unadulterated word of God. Because the word of God is living, powerful. It, it exposes them. It opens their eyes. It opens their ears. It opens their minds to begin to see what lies ahead of them. And in fact, it is a fearful thing. It's a fearful thing, Bible says, to fall into the hands of the living God. So what happened to Felix happened to many who hear the word of God. Fear came upon him. He began to tremble. For the first time, he feared of impending judgment, impending doom. The Holy Ghost, confirming his word, convicted Felix of sin, judgment, and righteousness. <laughs> but, like most people, he just couldn't bring himself to take that decision of accepting Jesus. So, what did he do? He 
postponed. He kept postponing. He kept procrastinating. He said, I will hear from you again when I have a convenient time. <laughs> Listen to Felix. And that, that is, the, this is the, the response of many to the gospel of Jesus, to the, to the, to the message of salvation. He said, I will, I will hear you again. I will hear you again when I go. He said, go away for now. For now is enough. You just go away for now. When I have a convenient time, I will call for you. Lord, that is a very sad thing to say. And for a good two years, two years, not two days, not two weeks, for two years, he kept calling for Paul and hearing the same message over and over and over and over again without ever coming to making that decision to accept Jesus. He didn't say no, but he didn't say yes either. He just stayed neutral and kept calling for Paul. And Paul, like any of us and myself, was patient. Just like every Sunday, we disseminate the word of God through social media, the entire world. Friday, like today, again, the word of God. So, people hear the word, and for some reason, for some reason, they postpone the decision. They procrastinate. They just keep putting it, putting it off, forward, 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 for two good years. In the case of, first, of Felix, in the case of Felix, after two years, he was transferred, transferred, and his place was given to another person. But after two years, Portius Festus succeeded Felix, and Felix wanting to do a Jews a favor, left Paul bound. He even left Paul bound. He didn't free him. Now, in the case of Felix, he was transferred. But in the case of many, they may not be that fortunate. They may pass away. They may leave this world. They may depart from this life. They will, they will be transferred from this life without having made that decision. And that is, then they are permanently shut off. The chance to make that decision is permanently closed. It's over. At the same time, you see, there was another reason. But for the fact that he just couldn't make that decision, he was also looking for money. A combination of indecision. It was a combination of indecision and the love of money, corruption, that prevented Felix from ever taking that decision. And today in the world, we know there are many who procrastinate because of money, because of their wealth, because of their position. There's always because of something. The money, they think they have so much money that, oh, uh, you know, they can't see themselves as becoming, becoming, becoming Christians. Corruption or sin. Therefore, though the word, the word convicts them, Holy Ghost convicts them, yet they can't take that decision. Acts 26, the same Acts of the Apostles, chapter 26, verses 27 and 28. 27 and 28. We see another example here. Acts 26, 27, 28. Paul talking to King Agrippa. And Paul said, King Agrippa, verse 27. Do you believe the prophets? I know that you do believe. I know that you do believe. Then Agrippa said to Paul, you almost persuade me to become a Christian. You almost persuade me to become a Christian. He was a king. Agrippa was a king. A ruler. Powerful. And he believed the word of God. He believed the word of God. He believed the prophets. Now he believed that then 
word of God. He believed. He believed in God, believed in all that the word of God said, what God said in his word. He believed it. Yet, he couldn't take that decision to become a Christian. Yet, that, he, he always stopped short of that decision. So, when Paul had witnessed to him, he was so convicted by the Holy Spirit. He was so convinced that Paul was right. But what did he say? What did Agrippa say? Very sad. Very sad. He said, you almost, you almost persuade me to become a Christian. <laughs> almost means that we are almost, we are, we are almost there. <laughs> Hello? Yeah, there are many who Every time they hear the word of God, in fact, they decide to become Christian. They actually decide. They decide. They go beyond the point of almost. And they, they get there. But somehow, they fall back. They fall back. And there are many who have even accepted Christ uh, several times in their life. Every time they hear the word of God, they, they they receive Jesus. They accept him. And next day, they have rejected him. Only to accept him again and to reject him. Unfortunately, these people call themselves Christians. Because they have accepted Christ about 20 times, they believe that Christ has also accepted them. So they call themselves Christians. But in fact, they are not. They are not. They are not. They go beyond the, uh, the point of almost, but they fall back again below the point of almost. So they are never, ever accepting Christ. And after a while, um, they give up. Don't forget. Don't forget. The Bible says in Genesis 6 that God said, my spirit will no longer strive with man. You see, if you continue procrastinating. You continue postponing. Going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. A time will come when God may say, oh, this fellow, my spirit, my Holy Spirit will no longer strive with him. Now, let him be on his own. And it will be very sad if the Spirit of God does not lift up a standard against the enemy when it comes at, when it comes at you. That will be the person's end. The person will end, his life will end here on earth, but he wake up on the other side of the fence to realize that Christians were right all along. Now, Christ was right. The Bible was right. The apostles were right. The preachers, genuine preachers were right. But then it will be too late. So, the Holy Ghost is involved in this convicting work Lord, if you are hearing me this evening, don't harden your heart. Don't, don't keep procrastinating. Don't keep postponing. If in the house of God, there are some who have just decided for themselves the level at which they're going to serve God. Are we coming to that? The level that they have chosen to serve, to worship God at, they have ascribed to themselves. Not what God wants. They have chosen. He said that this is the level I'm going to serve God. But if you are hearing me this evening or today, do not harden your heart. Yield, surrender totally. Accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior the way He wants you to accept Him. And He also accepts you the way you want Him to accept you. In Jesus' name, just say Amen. Then, the third work of the Holy Ghost is his regeneration work. Regenerate. His regeneration work. And he actually, when a sinner truly, genuinely repents and accepts Christ as Savior, Lord and Savior, whenever a sinner, an unbeliever, the unsaved, Truly and genuinely 
repents. After hearing the word of God, you cannot repent without hearing the word of God because you have to believe in Jesus. You must hear, you must have Christ preach to you first. And when such a person accepts Christ Jesus as his Lord and Savior, he is giving, the Holy Ghost gives this person, such a person, a new nature. A new nature. It may not be seen on the body. It is not something physical. It is spiritual. But then the spiritual is a lot, lot, lot more powerful than the physical. The Holy Ghost then gives this person a new nature. And this is the regeneration work of the Holy Spirit. Regeneration. The person is regenerated. Changed. Transformed. Converted. 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5, 15 to 17. 2 Corinthians 5. Verses 15 to 17. 2 Corinthians 5, beginning from verse 15 and ending at verse 17. And he died for all. Now, in other words, Christ died for all. And he died for all. That those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, verse 15 says that Christ died for all. He died for everyone, not only for Christians. He died for everybody, regardless of what your religious orientation or beliefs are. Christ died for you. And the reason he died for you is that so that you no longer live for yourself. He died for you so that you no longer live for yourself. But then, but then, you will live for him. You live for him who died for you. Because he knows why and how he died for you. And he died for all. That those who live should no longer live for themselves. But for him who died for them and rose again. This is for everyone in the world. This, this gift, this provision that is for everybody. So that those who live... Those who are alive, once we leave this, once we leave this world, once we die, that chance is gone. You cannot come back and live for Christ. Once we depart from this life, that is it. So that those who are alive, those who are in the land of the living, will no longer, hearing the message today, no longer live for themselves. Because the life that you are living is not your own. That life is not yours. If it were yours, you want to keep it forever. You wouldn't want to die. You, are prefer you, you do everything to keep it forever. Because of your money, because of your position, because of your, 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 your celebrity, your fame, your power, you have liked to live forever. But consider history. Everybody goes. Because the life that you are living is not yours. The life belongs to he who died. Him who died for you. Because he wants you not to live for yourself, but to live for him. And when you begin to live for him, something happens. You become spiritual. You become spiritual because he, he, Christ, was manifested here in the flesh. He, he appeared as a man. And when he appeared as a man, he moved among people. He walked with people. And they saw him as a man. They saw him and regarded him in the flesh. For 33 and a half years, they saw Jesus as a man. And they regarded him in the flesh. But after his crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension, 
He is still with us. But now, we don't see him anymore as flesh, as human. We see him as spirit. We see him as spirit. Bible the verse says, in um, 5.16, Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. We don't consider anybody who is in Christ Jesus as natural or flesh anymore. Just as we knew Christ, we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him that's no longer. Why is this so? Verse 17, therefore, because if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And this is made possible by the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit takes that which, which was old, bad, perishing, discards it, and gives the believer a new nature, more spiritual than physical. Something that does not die. So that believer, though he may pass on from this world, never dies. Life for the believer is eternal, is everlasting, flowing from this life into the next smoothly, effortlessly, everlasting life. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Everything becomes new. And when you say everything, it means everything. Not some things have become new and some old things are still there. If you are in Christ Jesus, if you are properly in Christ Jesus, all things have passed away. And all things have become new. Just say amen with me. Praise the Lord. Jesus carefully explained the ministry of the Holy Spirit to Nicodemus. Our text, going back to our text. Jesus carefully explained this ministry of the Holy Spirit to Nicodemus in John 3, 3 to 7. Let's go back to our, our text again. John's Gospel 3, verses 3 to 7. Jesus said, Most assuredly I say to you, Unless one is born again, in our way, unless the, there's a regeneration, the old is gone and the, replaced by the new or with the new, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You can't even see the kingdom of God. You don't appreciate it. You can't see it. You can't see it. You cannot see it. You have to see something before you even enter it. You cannot enter something that you don't see. You need to be born again. You need to have that regenerating work of the Holy Ghost take place in you. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Well, this, this was a, a legitimate question. Born again. How can a man be born again? How can a man, grown-up man, be born again? Is it possible for him to enter a second time into his mother's womb be born again? No, sir. No, madam. Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. There's a kingdom we need to, we need to enter. A nation. As we all know that when you, we Ghanaian, when you leave Ghana, the moment you leave Ghana and you want to enter the next country, cross the border, whether by, on land or by air, Anytime I want to enter a different country, different kingdom, different nation, you have to have qualification before you are allowed to enter. First of all, you see, say you want to go to Brazil, if you want to go to Brazil, you see, you know where Brazil is. You want to get there, you don't just get up and go. There are requirements. What do you say? Terms and conditions apply. Is that right? Yes. Now that term becomes, so, you know, because of the social media and all that. Terms and conditions apply. Before you can enter Brazil, before you enter Venezuela, U.S., Canada, before you enter Togo, terms and conditions apply. And the terms and conditions are that you have to be born again. And what does it mean? You might be born of water, 
and born of the Spirit before you can enter the kingdom of God. Terms and conditions apply. So even if here you want to just cross the border and enter Ivory Coast, they will stop you at the border. They will check your passport, check your ECOWAS card or visa, and even when you are leaving Ghana, you, get, you don't just, even, the, the thing is that you don't even, you cannot just leave Ghana. Leaving Ghana, if they have to check you, make sure you are qualified to leave Ghana. Am I right? Yes, you can't, you can't, when you are traveling, when you get to the airport, before you pass through immigration, when you are leaving your own country, before you pass immigration, they will check your passport, your visa, everything, they will look at you, look at your picture, check your biometric, check your, 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 your eye color, everything before they let you leave Ghana, before you depart. How much more when you went to enter the next country? It's even worse. So, before you enter the kingdom of God, there are terms and conditions which apply. Very simple. Very simple. You have to be born again. Just accept Jesus. That is all. What I'm saying may sound so simple that complex man Man who wants to make everything, wants to accept things when they are difficult. When they have to pay a lot of money for it, when they, they, they value, they, value they, they have to pay money for it. When it's so simple, they reject it. Accept Jesus, that's all. That is all you have to do. Born again of water. Born again of water means belief and baptism in Jesus. First, you believe in Jesus. Born of water. Baptized water is belief, belief and baptism in water. Born of the Spirit, now the Holy Spirit regeneration through his baptism, his infilling. You cannot receive the Holy Ghost regeneration if you have not believed in Jesus. If you have not been born of water first, then you are born before you are born of spirit. Because what is born of the flesh is flesh. Flesh. What is born of the spirit is spirit. May we all remain born of the spirit. May you, in particular, remain born of the Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Clap your hand for Jesus. In conclusion, conclusion, Hebrews 2, 3, and 4. 2, 3, 4. When you, when you go to Hebrews 2, 3, 4, you get there. Hebrews 2, 3, and 4. The writer of Hebrews says, Therefore, seeing this, says, how can we escape Hebrews 2, verses 3 and 4. The writer of Hebrews can see that he's, he's so anxious for, man, for people, for mankind. He said, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? If we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord. Jesus himself spoke it, said it. And was confirmed to us by those who heard him. Not only that, God also bearing witness, both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his own will. So, <laughs> this salvation is not something you can just take for granted. You cannot neglect it. You cannot afford to ignore it. You can't afford to neglect it. First spoken by Lord Jesus himself. Jesus spoke it first. Was confirmed to us by those who heard him. It had been passed on generation to generation. Those who heard him passed on in his word. And then also confirmed by God the Father. All three working together. Because they are so, they are so concerned about you or eternal life that God the Father also confirmed the word. With various signs and miracles. Then the Holy Ghost also confirms it with the various gifts. The Trinity, all persons of the Trinity working together to ensure your salvation, your eternal life, that you will not perish, that the enemy will not, will not when it comes to you like a flood, will not destroy you. So when we talk of the Holy Spirit's work in salvation, Holy Ghost's work in salvation, church, let this message remain in you. 
reverberate, echo in your life, the rest of your life, wherever you are, whoever you are. This evening, if you are not giving life to Jesus, and you want to do so right now, I would like you to, wherever you are, anywhere on the face of the earth, just stand up. In your living room, even if you are in the office or somewhere, just just take some one minute, two minutes. Just stand wherever you are. When you keep your eyes open, just lift, lift up your two hands. The sign of surrender. And say this prayer after me. Just repeat the prayer after me. Just say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for having heard your gospel message today. Lord, I believe everything I've heard today. You are creator of the world. You are God. You made me in your own likeness. Created me in your own image. Lord, I receive you today as my personal Lord and Savior. Wash away, purge me, cleanse me of all my sins. Make me a new and regenerated creature. For being in Christ Jesus, let the old all pass away. Let all things become new in my life. I pledge, vow to serve you, worship you, follow you, witness for you. Lord, fill me with your spirit. Empower me by your Holy Spirit. Help me, Lord. I, even I also, even I may attain to eternal life in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. That is it. If you pray the prayer with me, that is it. Uh, if only you are sincere, you are serious, and God knows it, your salvation has already begun. All you need to do is to find near you a Bible-believing church. A Bible-believing church. Church that preaches the word of God. Total word of God. Not the church that throws some part away and accepts. Now, these, these days, there are so many churches uh, who they've, 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 they've diluted the word of God. They have the word of God. Find a good church and worship God there. You can also worship, worship with us, follow us on social media every Friday evening. Or if you don't have time, later we can watch in the privacy of your home, um, sit down and follow everything as if you are in a service. Invite others to join you so that where two or three gather in the name of Jesus, Jesus will be with you. Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. GMT, you also receive us live. And if you are not able to receive us, you can, you can be with us another time. And God bless you. You may send us a message now and then that we know that you are out there, you are with us. And we would then remember to remember you in our prayers. In Jesus' name, amen. Because we, how can we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? In Jesus' name, say another amen. amen. Let's all be on our feet. Clap your hands for Jesus. Take glory, Father, take glory, Son, take glory, Holy Ghost, I am born and we are born again, take glory, Father, take glory,
for this meeting. Thank him for his word. Thank him for his presence. Thank him for his infilling. Thank you for all that we have heard. Because all about you, everything I've heard tonight, this meeting is all about you. Thank God for all that we have heard. Give him praise. Give him adoration. Oh, love him, love him, love him, love him, love him. Show your gratitude. In the name of Jesus, Father God, we thank you. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Holy Ghost, we thank you for this meeting. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your power. We thank you for anointing. We thank you for the gift of salvation. We thank you for the gift of salvation. Yama, 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 Kebaba, Raba, Robo, Koyon, Dormaya, Reba, Sebe, Isoko, Torobo, Kabaya, Reba, Sebe, Yabayaba, 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 Robo, Kayan, Derebaya, Reba, Sebe, Sebe, Babaya, Reba, Kayan, Robo, Soyondo, in the name of Jesus. We want to pray for those who are in churches, especially in FCAC, who are weak, weak. And they, for years, they seem to be, you know, uh, not established yet. The Lord will have mercy on them. These are the ones that are not committed. They are not devoted. Uh, their relationship with Christ, with God, appears to be distant. Because church, when you have a, a very close walk with Jesus, when you have a very close walk with God, time is, no, time is of no essence. Distance cannot prevent you, cannot stop you. Distance is immaterial. Time it's immaterial. You just want to be with your Lord and Savior. You just want to be with him. You enjoy his presence. You put everything aside. You make time. You actually plan to have that appointment with him. Everything else comes second. There are those who are not able to do it for some reason. They procrastinate. Either because of money, because of fame, because of whatever. Some even because of sin, even in the church. We are going to pray and commit all such who are not committed for some reason. We heard about Felix. We've heard about Agrippa. We're going to commit their lives into the Lord. The Lord will have mercy and be gracious unto them. The Lord will send his spirit to convict them more and more and to empower them, prepare them that they too will become like us. Paul said, oh, I wish that you all become like me. Church, are you with me? These are for those in the church who are weak, who are, who, whose knees are wobbling, and they are about to fall. Many have fallen. They are about to fall. Knowingly or unknowingly, they are about to fall. Begin to pray. The Lord will have mercy. Gracious unto them. The Lord will empower them. The Lord will commit them. The Lord will make them committed. Fill them with the power of the Holy Ghost. Lead them by hand. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Sheba Baba Baba Baba. Baya Robo Soyondurumaya Reba Kayende. Yema 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 Yema. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, we pray for your children, your heart, those who are weak, those who are wobbling, those who are superficial, those who are not committed enough to, Lord, 
Lord, remember them all. Lord, you know them. Lord, you know them. Remember them all. Lord, remember them. Lord, remember them. Remember them. Be merciful unto them. Be gracious unto them. Call them to stand. Lord, that they may stand. Having done all, they may stand. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yeba, 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 Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. We want to pray now for unbelievers everywhere in the world, especially those who hear or watch tonight's message from wherever. That the Holy Ghost will convict them of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Now they will give the life to Jesus and attain. To salvation. Let's pray for unbelievers throughout the entire world. In the name of Jesus, Father God, we pray for all who are in the world. Christ died for all. Christ died for all. That those who live to no longer live for themselves, but live for who died and rose again. Live for him who died and rose again. We commit all unbelievers, Lord, into your hands. Not only in Ghana, but Lord, the entire world, from the north to the south, east and west. Lord, be merciful unto them, be gracious unto the Lord. Grant them also to be saved. Let the light of the gospel shine upon them. Let the light of the gospel shine upon them. My Lord and my God. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I just say, okay, what do you give an excuse? I say, okay, <laughs> I don't argue with you. I don't fight with you. I don't quarrel. I say, okay, that is your excuse. So I say, okay. But they are so flimsy. They are so unnecessary. They are so superficial. You can see that uh, they just don't want to be here. <laughs> but the excuses are, are untenable. 
But right now, you're going to pray for yourself. You are here. You're going to pray for yourself. Church, do you agree with me? Yes. God will hear you. God hears prayer. And God answers prayer. Begin to pray for yourself right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of the Father God, we pray for ourselves here in your house. I pray for everyone else here. Having heard your word, having worshipped you, having served you, Lord. I remember them all before you. We come boldly before your throne of grace. Lord, we need to find mercy and obtain grace to help us in a time of need. My Lord and my God, hear your children tonight again. Hear them all again, Lord. Hear them once again. And bless them. Lord, bless them. Lord, bless them. Lord, bless them. In the name of Jesus. It's a written word that you have asked, you have asked, and you have asked, 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 you have to you have asked, you have asked, you have asked, you have asked, you Lord, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, shake your in the name of Jesus. Just say amen. 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 Take your seat. Clap your hands for Jesus. And let's all take our seats. Thank you for participating in this teaching service. We believe you have been blessed by the word. You're welcome to visit us at Emma Community 5 of PV or being run about. God bless you. And we hope to see you next Tuesday.